Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Everyday Black History. Happy Monday to everybody out there. I hope you're having a good start to your week. As I always say, um, hopefully you had a good weekend. Um, But as we cruise through the month of March, we continue to um, celebrate uh, uh, women in black history. Even, Even though, like I said before, you know, we don't need a month or a time period to tell us when to celebrate women or to celebrate blackness and black excellence. But, you know, in the spirit of Women's History Month, we're going to continue to highlight specifically uh, uh, black women in uh, black history. And so today we're going to actually look at two women who are just happen to be related, a uh, mother and daughter. And um, they are Anna Marie Douglas and Rosetta Douglas. And these two women uh, um, were the wife and daughter of Frederick Douglass, very well-known uh, man in black history. But uh, many people don't know too much about his wife and his daughter, who were both uh, activists and abolitionists and, you know, pretty, you know, you know badass women. So we're going to talk a little bit about both of them and just um, and highlight their, them and their importance in black history and in black culture. So first, we're going to start off with Anna Marie uh, I'm not Anna Marie. I, I said Anna Murray. Excuse me, Anna Murray Douglas. I apologize for that. Um, so yeah, first we're gonna start with Anna Murray Douglas. Uh, she was, as we mentioned, she was an abolitionist. She was a member of the Underground Railroad, and uh, she was the first wife of Frederick Douglass. Uh, she uh, was born in 1813 in Maryland, Denton, Maryland, and uh, you know she was born free. Her older brothers and sisters, which were seven of them, they were all born in slavery, but she uh, was uh, was born free. Now, she had uh, younger siblings as well, um, <laughs> four younger siblings. So she comes from a big family um, and, uh, that came after her, and they were all uh, born free. Now, her parents were uh, freed from slavery by their owners so she had the privilege of being born free as well as her younger uh, uh, siblings Uh, before she was born was when her parents were freed from slavery so she you know was had the privilege of being born free and uh, she established herself at a young age as a housekeeper and as a laundress that's what they call women who uh, cleaned did the laundry and clean clothes back in the 1800s but by the age of 17 she was already making a living to uh, help support the family and uh, her work um, uh, her laundry work took her to the docks where she was able to meet uh, a young Frederick Douglass who at the time was still enslaved and he was working as a caulker doing that during that time doing uh, a bit of construction work Um, now because of the fact that she was free it uh, gave Frederick Douglass a belief that he himself can be uh, free. So when he decided to escape slavery in 1838, it was uh, um, Anna Murray who encouraged him and helped him by providing him with clothing um, to help him to, um, to, to help disguise him. She gave him part of her savings uh, and she did that by you know working and by selling uh, feather beds to make extra money so that you know he can have extra money to go up north now now once he made his way to uh, philadelphia and then to new york she came with him and she brought enough uh, goods 
and in which they could start a household together. They got married September 15th in 1838. And uh, at first they took uh, Johnson as their name, but then uh, upon moving to Massachusetts, they adopted Douglas as their married name. But it's, it's amazing that, you know, she, just like they always say, besides every, you know, great man is a great woman. And this is proof of that. The reason why Frederick Douglass was able to become the man that he became was because of Anna Marie uh, Douglass. Now, uh, in the first 10 years of their marriage, uh, they had five children, um, one of which was, 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 was Rosetta Douglass, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, Louis Henry Douglass, Frederick Douglass Jr., and Charles Redmond Douglass. They also had an Annie Douglass who died at, at a young age. But during this time, it was Anna Murray who helped, who really supported the, the family financially. She uh, learned how to make shoes. She also had her laundry and housekeeping work. And uh, during, because during this time, Frederick Douglass wasn't, wasn't really making any money doing speeches. His speeches were sporadic. And if it wasn't for her working, the family would have really struggled. They, they were struggling as it was, but they would have really struggled if it wasn't for Anna Murray uh, getting out there and working and holding down the holding down the family, holding down the household. Uh, she took an active role in, uh, in the Boston Female Anti-Slavery Society, which was an abolitionist and interracial organization that was in Boston, Massachusetts, um, in the, the, obviously in the 1800s. Um, it was only around for a short while, but they orchestrated uh, three national women's conventions, organized uh, multi-state petition campaigns. They sued Southerners who brought slaves to Boston and sponsored elaborate, profitable fundraisers. So she was heavily involved uh, with them um, while they were around. And she also prevailed upon uh, uh, Frederick Douglass to train their, train their sons as typesetters for his uh, newspaper, The North Star. Now, the family then moved to Rochester, New York, and it was there where she established a headquarters to the Underground Railroad from her home. She provided food, uh, um, board, and clean linen for fugitive slaves on their way to Canada. Now, the sad thing is that just as we were just talking about how Frederick Douglass wouldn't have been the man who he became if it wasn't for her, um, she received little mention in his autobiographies. Now, there was three autobiographies um, about him, you know, that he was involved with, and he didn't mention Anna Murray in, in, in any of them, or, 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 you know, very, very little. And which is, a, which is a shame, you know, considering her important role in his life and making him the man who he became. Um, and the sad thing is that, you know, he was, at, at, of course, at this point, he started to become who we know as Frederick Douglass, and so he wasn't home much. And, uh, you know, she didn't feel like she fit in the social circles that he was moving in. You know, she felt like she was relatively uneducated, so she didn't fit in with the society types that he was hanging out with. And, of course, that's going to lead to estrangement um, between the two of them. I mean, when you think about how, how close they were uh, earlier in their relationship where she helped him to move up north and to, to freedom, helped him escape slavery and you know held down the house you can imagine during those years they were very close and now he blew up and you know <laughs> became frederick Douglass. and now he's doesn't even mention her in his autobiographies which is a shame um there was even you know reports of liaisons with other women um but she still remained loyal to him 
and um, you know he, her daughter even said that uh, that uh, that his his was a story made possible by the unswerving loyalty of Anna Murray. So you know Anna Murray, man. Not only was she a good woman, but she was right or die. She deserved better from from old Frederick. But you know. She just based off what we talked about her life and what she accomplished in her life. I mean, she is a rock in, in the black community and the black culture, helping to free slaves, helping to hold down a family. So that's why, you know, we it's important for the world to know who Anna Marie uh, Douglas is. Um, now, she uh, died in 1882. She died from a stroke, unfortunately. Um, at, at the family's home in Washington, D.C. And, uh, you know, she was uh, buried at Graceland Cemetery in D.C. But when, when it closed, she was moved to Mount Hope, Mount Hope Cemetery in which Fred, Frederick Douglass was buried uh, next to her when he died um, years later in 1895. And even though she didn't have as much notoriety as he did, there was one instance that was, uh, that was mentioned where she... Um, uh, was staying with a family uh, in Maryland and she stayed there for a couple of days and when she was going to the train station to go back home that news got out that she was there and that there was uh, a great curiosity to see her you know so a lot of people came out to come see her as, as it was as it was uh, mentioned they said that her being there caused quite a flutter and a great curiosity to see her was manifested because people wanted to see her in person uh so even though she never was well known as frederick douglas throughout history you know there were people who respected her uh during during that time and um and this is one example of people going out to see her but um you know more people should definitely know uh about anna marie douglas and her her work as an abolitionist as a member of the underground railroad and just for being just a strong, just a strong woman. So Anna Marie Douglas, we celebrate you, we salute you um, for your contribution to black culture and black history. So now the next person, as we mentioned, that we're gonna highlight today is Rosetta, uh, Rosetta Douglas. Now Rosetta Douglas was a teacher and an activist. Um, she was a founding member of the National Association for Colored Women. And um, as we mentioned, she's Frederick Douglass and Anna Marie Douglass's Anna Marie Douglass' daughter. I keep saying Anna Marie. Um, now she was born in Massachusetts in 1839, um, and she moved with her parents to uh, Lynn, Massachusetts, at a young age. She was the oldest out of out of the, the children that they had together, and she was a critical thinker like her father. Um, unfortunately, you know things was even harder for women uh, during that time in the 1800s but uh, she was taught to read to read write and sew at a young age by the age of six she was taught these things and by the age of 11 she was assisting her father in making and packaging his newspaper the north star Uh, years later in the 1860s she got married to a man by the name of uh, nathan who was an ex-slave you know, he was an ex-slave, and obviously because he was an ex-slave, he didn't get a chance to be properly educated. Um, he struggled to find his footing and find a job, but, uh, you know, that was her her husband, and 
they had seven children together and many, many grandchildren. Um, unfortunately, after uh, Anna Murray died, Frederick Douglass, like most black men who become nah, not most, let me not say that, but like a lot of black men who become successful, they uh, he married a uh, a white woman, and Rosetta didn't support this, especially during the time it was the 1800s. Um, that was beyond taboo, not just for white people, but for black people as well. You know, black people didn't, you know, didn't look kindly on that during that time either, especially especially during the 1800s when that happened. But you know, and she was no exception to that. Um, now, in 1845, she uh, she uh, was sent to a private school because the school that they that was the, the Rochester Board of Education closed public schools to black students. So she was sent to um, a private school. Uh, her parents decided that they were going to send her to a private school rather than send her to an all black school that Rochester had set up for black students. Um, but she was tutored between the ages of uh, two and seven. So as we mentioned, she learned how to read, write, and, uh, and sew. And uh, she was later admitted to Seward Seminary in Rochester, New York. Now, she was segregated from the white students while she was there. And of course, you know, her father spoke about this in the newspaper that, you know, it wasn't fair for her to be segregated since she was, you know, the only black girl that was in the class or one of the few. And she was actually expelled after a vote of, from her white, of her white classmates with only one vote against her um, that was proposed by the white and abolitionist director. So she was expelled from the school just due to racism. And, you know, I mean, that's not surprising in the 1800s, but yeah, you know, for her to be so young and to have to go through that, it's just like, you know, come on. But she still got to attend Oberlin College um, o- o- Oberlin, yeah, college, um, the Young Ladies Preparatory, and uh, Massachusetts Salem Normal School. So uh, she still was able to get her education. And she worked as a teacher. She, you know, worked as a homemaker, uh, taking care of her home, as well as working as a teacher. And she wrote the paper, My Mother as I Recall, in 1900, as well as the paper, What Role is the Educated Negro Woman to Play? and the uplifting of her race. So while uh, taking care of a family, you know, being a wife, working as a teacher, she still found time to write, <laughs> to write these papers um, about, you know, uh, these social papers. So taking after her father, you know, she still continued to write about things and uh, to take, to tackle things that mattered. Um, she worked along with her father, naturally, you know, had a keen sense of social justice issues and uh, she advised her father on many different things. She was a close advisor to her father on many different things. And as you mentioned, uh, she uh, was she went on to become the founding member of the National National Association of Covered Women. But uh, the the Douglas women uh, that we talked about today, Rosetta and her mom Anna Murray, they were you know two beautiful, strong women who definitely contributed a lot to black history and black culture uh she died in 1906 um at the age of 66 or 67 um so she in her 66 or 67 years she definitely did a lot uh to educate you know and continue to uh rear up her children the same way she was reared up to care and and do something 
to further social issues for the uh, black community. So, uh, Rosetta Douglas, we salute you for your contribution to black history and black culture um, and uh, for, for the work that you have done along with your mom and your whole family. So, we just wanted to highlight these two women today. Um, as mentioned, a lot of people don't even know who they are. If you ask anybody who they were and mention their names, they wouldn't know off the top. But, you know, that's why it's important that we you know, talk about these women and, uh, and and let it be known that what they contribute to the, to the culture. So that concludes this episode of Everyday Black History. We will be coming at you with more content, uh, more black history and more black culture. So stay tuned to the next episode.